1: Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I'm your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is, um, a big damn hero. (laughs) It's Ray (laughs) Coat Dig. And, um the uh, uh another important part of this uh this unusual developing story of, yeah a developing story uh th- what happened a uh, scooter um what's your last name i'm sorry
2: uh you can actually use my real name uh, scott nichols
1: scott nichols uh scott nichols is a uh a cosplayer and a police officer <laughs> and, and i think
3: that is a lot of the root of the story
1: and uh, so, what happened was um, this guy. <laughs> Why don't you tell the story in your own words?
3: Well, well but, the short the short of it is um, this past weekend in um, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, the Phoenix Comic Con. There was an arrest made of a young man with several guns, knives, and other real weapons um, at the convention, and no one was hurt. We don't have to give a warning because there is, you know, so far a happy ending.
1: So how did yes. you become involved in this?
4: Um, first of all, my, um, you know, it's so funny. I am um, everywhere that I read about the story. I am uh, introduced as Reiko Dig because it's my uh, Facebook profile name. But <laughs> uh, Dig is not my last name. It's from... Um, one of the bands that I had uh, a long time ago, Dig oh. Jelly. So I just put Dig on that for a while. But everybody knows me by Reiko and Reiko of my new band, Lolita Dark. The, the whole thing came about um, Matthew Starling, who is the, the person who got arrested. He um, came to one of our concerts, um, Lolita Dark concerts, um, back in 2014. July, I believe, July, sometimes 2014, um, we had this um, Visual K Festival, uh, which was held by um, the CEO of our Japanese record label. And we were performing And that. um, Matthew was one of the attendees. And um, he, at the end of the night, um, for whatever reason, um, I approached him. Um, He was in the corner, kind of like a loner guy. Kind of, you know, I am a people person. Every time I see um, somebody in my uh, beloved community who, you know, doesn't look happy or, um, you know, feel uh, look lonely or alone, I always go up to them. For it's just me, so I went up to him and started talking to him. And um, to make a long story short, I um, he needed some help on his. Uh, uh, appearance and stuff like that so I said I will help you um, my, um, my uh, day job I'm a private trainer and so um, I started helping him and we were messaging back and forth for about uh, about a year almost every day he would send me messages saying that you know this is what I'm doing this is what I'm eating this is blah blah blah, blah. and I would suggest um, you know either changing up some stuff and you know introducing new things for him to eat and stuff like that and um, one day, two thousand fifteen, July sixth was it sixth. Um, we were performing at Anime Expo mm-hmm. um, near the you know LA Convention Center, well, in LA Convention Center. And uh, while I was performing, I didn't know my phone was um, getting all kinds of messages from uh, Mr. Starling, and that was the first time that. I actually thought that his phone was hacked by somebody because of the contents of the message was so not so different from what he used to send me. Mm-hmm. Um, very delusional, very threatening, and very um, harmful. And that's when I um, contacted my great friend who is on the Skype with us, um, Sergeant Nichols. Uh, we call him Scooter because you know we. Uh, to me, he's more than a police sergeant. He is one of my best friends now, and um, he, you know, always take my calls seriously, and he uh, contacted, uh, I I sent him, it's good, I sent you the the copy of the text or something, right?
2: Yeah, we, uh, you sent me some of that stuff, and you just kind of asked me what uh, my opinion of it was.
4: Right, and then,
2: and and going through it, I mean, it kind of sounded threatening, but it was more of a, uh, not wanting to hurt you, but if anybody ever tried to rape or murder you, he would be your defender. But it was still really kind of creepy. So exactly. I reached out to him and told him, you know, hey, I don't I don't think you want to go that route. You know, she's not cool with it and told him I was a police officer. And I think after that, he kind of just went away.
4: Right. He did. And then um, it was the way he put it was just so uh graphic and you know that's why I felt really like I felt scared and um, so I called uh, Scooter and then he called them for me and then after that like he he said he kind of went away and then he would send me uh, messages here and there you know are you okay is everything okay Um, you know uh, and then he would send some you know weird stuff here and there and then I just kept ignoring him and for some reason I decided not to block him, and I am Mm -hmm. grateful that I didn't block him because last Thursday, um, my phone was blowing up, and um, I had a very late night recording session, so I was still in bed, and I kept hearing my phone buzzing. I'm like so irritated, and I finally took a look at it, and it was from him. So I was just about to go block him. I opened it accidentally. It was a blessing in disguise, and I thank God I opened it, and that was when he was telling me, go, if you don't come here and stop me, um, I'm going to start shooting, and, you know, rest is history, and then he would send me a picture of his gun, and one of his guns, and the police officers that he um, was threatening to shoot, and that's when I started, uh, my heart was up, uh, my throat and that's when I started uh, contacting Scooter and while I was on the phone Scooter was um, contacting Phoenix PD um the 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 reason how I you know Scooter helped me find where he was texting from I knew it was some kind of a convention because he said you know uh he sent me pictures of uh, the room he was in front of, and it looked like some kind of a convention. I saw cosplayers everywhere, mm-hmm. and he said he would drop breadcrumbs like I am at Albertson store number nine nine whatever, and scooter was check it, and then you know he finds out it's in Phoenix, and then from there he's you know typing so fast I can hear him typing, and he said. Uh, there was this going on, that going on, wait a minute, that's just a meeting, oh wow, there's a Phoenix Comic Con going on, and that's how he found out, he was texting from, uh, uh, well sending me messages from Phoenix Comic Con.
1: Now, Scott, you are not um, a member of the uh, City of Phoenix Police Department, are you?
2: No, I'm uh, Hawthorne PD in Southern California, and I, I met Go at a anime convention in 2015, and we over the next couple of months after meeting, we just kind of began just uh, very organic friendship chatting back and forth and it's now she's one of my closest friends
1: and and uh, did uh, did she give you information on some of the other people that uh, this fellow had uh, w- was uh, saying that he was going to attack or or harm
2: there was, because when we were talking uh, last Thursday, I didn't have every uh, message that she was getting. So she's sending me just stuff like what he looks like and pictures of the cops. And one of the pictures was of the gun. And there was enough of the gun that I could see the rifling in the barrel, which just that's what sent me into go mode trying to figure out where he was because I knew it was a real gun. Uh, but I guess she got a message with some initials that to me didn't mean much, but it meant something to her. So she can tell you about that.
1: So um, um,
4: so um, are you talking about the uh, JDF? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the uh, uh, message, she was talking about Jason David Frank. As a you know,
0: mm-hmm. one of
4: his targets, and um, he mentioned about twenty nine other names, but um, Jason was the only one that he directly mentioned that uh, was a target of his.
3: Yeah, and he's gone public with it, so I don't feel we're exposing right. anything by right. you know by talking about him. Now he was the Green Rain, uh, Rain Power Ranger in a previous yes. series. And quite yes. a good stunt man, and in, in,
4: in his own right, right MMA artist, you know, martial artist. He is um, a role model to many kids. I mean, I I can't even count the messages I have been receiving from the parents of the kids who look look to him as hero. And it's just you know, every day I'm overwhelmed, and you know, I have, I'm still I am not going to lie, I'm still in kind of a, a shock. This, about, about this whole thing, but it's kind of subsiding to where um, I now see the size of this um, uh, catastrophe. That I mean, this could have been very bad. Not only at you know Phoenix Comic Con and to the immediate people that that were being threatened um, as far as um, police. He did uh, definitely mention, "I'm going to kill the cops and." Blah blah blah, and Jason. But then, you know, the, anybody who gets in the way. Um, but and himself too, because clearly he wanted me to um, have somehow find him to stop him. Because mm-hmm. in the messages he kept saying, you know, please come. You know, clock is ticking, Reiko, Please come and stop me. Um, and then the future of all the anime conventions and comic comic cons. I mean, think about it, if you, you know. Kids and, you know, I mean, we all, like kids and adults and young at hearts, we all go to those places because one day or three days out of the whole year, we want to become somebody else than who we are and mm-hmm. escape from reality to just let go and belong somewhere that there's no judgments. Um, people all loving people with the same mindset to, to just hang out and just be in this, you know, fantasy world. And if this went the wrong way, it it, it it would it could have ruined for every ruined it for everyone.
1: It ruined it for everybody, and uh, and, and not only not only the um, the people who were immediately there, but uh, for everybody in uh, ever expanding circles outwards. <laughs> I mean, right. this, this could exactly. this could have been a, a, a horrific. Not
3: not just you know anime or comic book fandom, but everything that has every other every other dress up, every other you know place where there's imagination at all. So so, but I think a lot of the root of this story is the friendship between you and Scooter and Scooter's veracity as as a police a policeman himself. Yeah, because if you or I just called a stranger in in you know the Phoenix PD, they might or might not have taken you seriously. But, exactly, I
4: I'm really really blessed to have him in my life, yeah. and you know to have somebody who is such high up in police department that believes this you know uh, punk rock <laughs> girl who always gets into trouble and. He's always, you know, he helped me in so many different occasions. My purse just got stolen on Labor Day last year, and he helped me so much, uh, you know, because I'm careless and then left my purse somewhere while playing basketball. And I mean, he's been there for me in so many occasions. Sorry about the phone call. <laughs> and so different, different occasions.
1: I so, think that was um, the phone.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's like, yes. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. so just
3: just on behalf of fandom in general, thank you to both of you You've you are
1: you are both big, damn that. heroes in our book. You saved countless, countless lives and uh, and yeah.
3: broken hearts yeah.
1: <laughs> thank
2: you,
3: thank you so. So who who is Rayco? What is your music about? What is your cosplay about? Let's let's give you a little boost here. Well,
4: <laughs> what can we do the, for you? I'll leave the cosplay to Scooter. He's the pro. Um <laughs> I I front uh, I have I started playing music when I was about four or five. I had all oh, my family is captivated audience. Um, I uh, started composing when I was about five years old. Uh, music is my life. I can't even think about Life without music, I would just exist until I expire. Um, I um, my nickname is emotional conduit. I love people and love love connecting with people. That's how I write all my music. And um, I have never sat down and wrote a piece. It's you know, music just flows out in my head with you know the 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 um, melody, the words, the orchestra, and the scenes and. Um, I have now front this band called Lolita Dark, which is mm-hmm. Japanese and English bilingual uh, symphonic rock band. Um, we often now play with a, a nine-piece orchestra, including a conductor. Um, pretty much everything that I write is about um, what goes on in the world, um, the, the, you know how I want to communicate with the world, And um, it's like I said, I you know everybody has their calling in their lives. I believe my calling is music ministry. Um, I don't want to get in too much into it, but I am a woman of faith. And so as um, Jason David Frank, he has this you know uh, he's MMA, he's just tatted up like this, like really cool looking individual. Um, role model, at the same time he has this, you know, clothing line that's very spiritual, called Jesus Didn't Tap <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
4: I don't know if you know about that, but then, you know, we just um, I just like to I just love everyone I, um, i like I said, I don't um, having said that, I don't hate Matthew Starling, mm-hmm. I really, really pray that he can um, have some kind of a psychiatric help during his incarceration and then come out and you know, without a vengeance and, you know, become a um, somebody who I used to know him as or better. Um, And I think music is universal. It can reach out to um, any individuals with any different background. That's why I I just I just love um, composing, performing and Mm -hmm. producing music.
1: And you have had uh, you've had at least two songs show up on Mm -hmm. Man in the High Tower. And that's yes, that's pretty exciting the, stuff.
4: The, the men in the high castle, yeah.
1: Our men in yeah. mine in the high castle, I'm sorry. I'm yes no, I'm confusing okay. my Stephen ah. King.
4: <laughs> it's it's really it's really great. I'm very grateful. Um they just gave me um two two, three days to come up and come up with two three songs now's a good
3: time now's a good time for it because you've got a lot of emotion and inner life to 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 fuel some music right about now
4: (laughs) oh yeah i i've since written four songs um uh since this incident and um yeah it's uh it's uh it's a it, it's it's a great thing to have because you know I use this as a outlet for everything that I go through. Um, I'm straight edge, so I music is my fix, and um, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah.
1: I noticed oh, that you yeah. use uh, tradition. You used uh, traditional Japanese instruments in your orchestration um, for the uh, for
4: the men, for the men in the High Castle. Yes, I did. It was uh, one of the requirements that they told me that I had to use. Um, 1950s uh non-us influenced japanese music with japanese instruments at that time blah 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 but um for lolita dark we use everything you know we have now um when we perform we have four four uh uh horn sections we have four string sections and we i play guitar myself so two electric guitars bass Mm -hmm. drum and you know i play the um me and my uh Uh, keyboardist,
1: we share two keyboards on stage, so it's a pretty big setting So, uh, Scott you uh, are identified (laughs) as quite the cosplayer Cosplayer and coscrafter
3: which is not a a term that's a term that needs to exist I I hadn't used it before but yeah, okay Uh, I got ribbons for that (laughs) I can relate to this
2: yeah, uh, My story is, uh, as far as it relates to the cosplay, is um, I've had a, a thing for Japanese music since about 2012. And my son was into anime. And we decided uh, it would be fun to combine those two things. And we had found a, a convention that was uh, going on uh, in the spring of 2015. It was called Hanadokicon down in San Diego. So we went for the weekend and checked it out, had a good time. That's where I actually met Reiko. Uh Uh, saw her band for the first time Uh, and our friendship blossomed from there but the cosplaying my son and I went just in regular clothes to check it out and we both agreed this is kind of cool you want to try it yeah let's try it so him and I uh, did some research and we decided that we were going to cosplay fairy tale and he was Natsu, and I was Uh mistigating and uh, I
3: uh, (laughs) I (laughs)
2: <laughs> My guy carries a, a, a very large staff, so I'm like, wow, oh, maybe I can make make this. So I went out and made myself a staff, and then the wife and daughter decided, oh, that looks like fun. We went in on it too, so we got them coffee. <laughs> They're also fairy tale, so we're like, we go we go to conventions and people know us as the fairy tale family.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: that's neat! I love that. And
4: they, really, they the whole family is amazing.
1: <laughs> now, do you, do you have uh...
4: the whole like a giant giant hug?
1: <laughs> do you have uh, do you use electronics or uh, light up components in your costumes? Um, in the costumes,
2: no. We're actually in. Uh, we're kind of in a transition mode right now. The the fairy tale thing we did for a couple of years, uh, everybody grew out of them. The kids grew up, and the wife and dad grew out. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're like, in the middle. Like we're you do. Currently, yeah, we're transitioning to a, a steampunk theme right now. But, mm-hmm. uh, yay! Yeah. Yeah, the regular cosplay stuff. But the crafter that she mentioned is that uh, I made a weapon for my wife and I, and a couple people said, hey, where'd you get that? I'm like, oh, I made that. And that turned in, can you make me something? And that question turned into a small side business where now I have an Etsy page and I do commissions and uh, all kinds of different stuff. But to answer Ah. your electronics question, the one I'm currently making, my son requested for his birthday – a uh, a sword from uh, Fiora from League of Legends, and I have LEDs in that, so I'm mm-hmm. working. It's a, it, it looks like a plasma blade when it's turned on. It lights up pink.
1: Cool. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so awesome.
4: Yeah,
1: I've been, uh, uh, I have, I used to do this kind of stuff back before there was such a thing as an Arduino, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I I did uh, practical effects and stuff back in, uh, uh, the early to mid-1980s, uh, you know, back before there was any computer animation to handle any of this stuff. So yeah. you,
3: and, you, and you didn't have, like, uh, LEDs in every shade to... Uh,
1: oh, no, no, you had to the, use grain-of-rice light bulbs. Oh, good gosh. Because you couldn't get LEDs. Uphill,
3: both ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. In the snow. <laughs> you know, and the it, the power consumption would be incredible. And, the, and, hot. Be and hot. And hot. They all they generated heat like mad you couldn't you couldn't do uh back then you couldn't do what you do today with with that kind of lighting so um so
3: now you're doing you know in recent years you' you've made you know zeus's thunderbolt, and
1: <laughs> yeah I did yeah i <laughs> how
3: do you make a costume for um was it perry um kind uh, just blanked on the Jackson. This name. Perry no. Jackson no, uh, the, the, oh, the, the
1: the lightning thief um,
3: yeah he's supposed to look like any kid and one day the kid says his kid says oh i want to be perry jackson for for halloween well the the secret is in the props so he had the the lightning bolt and and a uh, candy bowl that looked like or candy bucket that looked like medusa's head
2: Oh, that's cool.
3: <laughs> you know, you know how they look at you funny when you go to the Halloween store and ask to buy a hundred rubber
1: snakes. Percy Jackson. Percy Percy, Percy Jackson. Jackson. I keep wanting to
3: say Perry, and that's not right. <laughs> Pericles is his full cool name.
1: So yeah, uh, LEDs are LEDs are are oh, the bomb diggity. A, a, yeah, they are. Are you? Uh, uh, I I guess you're not Just getting enough power out of the, out of those LEDs to show up in daylight.
2: Um, maybe tomorrow. It's a it's a short string. I think there's maybe thirty unidirectional LEDs powered by eight double A's. Okay. Uh, it's got some it's got some brightness to it. I just it don't know how like long it's it lasts. It sounds like it's
1: got some oomph. Yeah.
2: It it lights up. Uh, when we're then, done, you can go to my uh, Facebook page. I have a uh, an okay, album cool. that's public that has all my props and it shows you how bright it is.
1: Yeah. With uh, let's eight eight double A's and thirty. Sounds like it should last about mm, two and a half hours tops with a battery load like that, if you left it on all the time. I don't know.
2: And it's, I, I have it on a, uh, a remote with a dimmer, so. Ah, that,
1: yeah, that'll work.
2: So for out at night, he can cut the power by half and get, you know, he can walk around all Halloween with the thing. He's
1: good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds great. So um, how long have you been? So you've, you've just sort of picked this up. It's it's only been a, uh, like 2 oh, or 3, three years, years since yeah. you've been doing the cosplay thing.
2: Yeah, the uh the cosplay thing was uh Anime Expo 2015 was the first thing uh that him and I went to. Uh then the my wife and daughter joined in for uh it was either Anime Anime LA or Anime California, I'm not sure which one, whatever one of those and then we all went and then we've been doing it ever since, but the weapons just kind of it wasn't my intention to do that, but it's turned into uh, it, it. It pays for itself and lets me buy new tools. I'm not going to get rich off it, but it's my zen time when I'm not at work. It takes me away from all of the nonsense of the job.
3: Yeah, um, and unfortunately, it kind of follows. The job follows you, doesn't it? <laughs> well, not- at least your wep- at least your uh, LED weapons don't look like something that can get confiscated at the
1: door. There was yeah. Well, unfortunately, the, uh, that's
2: what happened at Phoenix. They had a they had a pull all of the props, which as a prop maker, I mean, that kind of broke my heart a little bit. But as a cop, I completely understood.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, to a point, uh, uh, there was a uh, there was a debacle uh, with ultra sabers. Uh, And it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of a he said, she said situation.
3: Uh, Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see how that shakes uh, out. The the lightsaber people were severely inconvenienced. (laughs) Yeah, they it, wanted to leave <laughs> well,
1: yeah uh, they they were they, they wanted
3: their money back they
1: were, and, yeah and, uh, ultra, they ultra sabers ultra sabers say um attendance was so light on friday that uh, that we wanted our money back and we wanted out and they wouldn't let us out and then they came by uh with an the rule uh, oh you have to hand over your weapon the 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 props that you sell in garbage bags which they didn't want to do. uh, And they've finally complied. And then they got kicked out later. uh, Because they, apparently the guy who ran the booth got lippy with the uh, the convention runner. (laughs) The convention runner in turn is saying it has a completely different story. uh, uh, And
3: uh, no one's going to hold up the the, the snack bar with a lightsaber, I think is the the short of that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm curious as to whether uh, a light-up prop would be considered a weapon. And well, why. I think
3: by Saturday it wasn't. They'd, they'd lightened up considerably by then.
2: What I, what I can tell you is that with something like that, having this gone down the way it did and the potential disaster that it could have been uh, if you start getting into the weeds of what is and isn't a banned prop, you're going to run into arguments at the door. Like one of the well, an example, one of the props that I just finished. They, okay, let's say they say no guns at all.
1: Okay, mm-hmm.
2: one of the props I just finished was uh, Squall's gun blade from Final Fantasy. So it's a big sword, but it's also a gun combined to it. Is that a gun or is that a sword? I so think
3: whatever it looks like, it is, I guess.
2: You know what, I guess, and also to go from, from what I understand, almost no security and uh, peace bonding to a full-fledged, full-blown check everything, and overnight, I don't know that that would have been possible to do it correctly. And also, I think Phoenix police kind of leaned on them a little bit and said, if you want to keep running, you're going to do this. That's speculation, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I think that's probably how that played out.
3: That sounds very credible.
1: Yeah, that's uh, we did have um, we did get one comment uh, on the website uh, from a security specialist. Uh, now, granted, was he
3: working at the convention or was he just n- n- putting his two cents in? He from was somewhere at else? he was
1: at the convention and, and he he not, he's not he doesn't work physical security. He works cyber security, which I guess is like apples and oranges here. But <laughs> what he said was. Uh, uh, he didn't think that the weapons ban actually made the convention safer. The bag check was cancelled at noon on Friday. He's, quote, "...it was wash legal cover... While I had a great time despite the prop ban, which impacted my cosplay, the measures implemented did not make the convention safer. It just made the security illiterate feel safer. Banning toys that are not and cannot be used as weapons, lightsabers are fictional weapons, is not an improvement to security, only to the perception of those with irrational fears. Um, what, would you, your, what would your comment be on that?
2: Um, it is a valid point. A, a great deal of security at places like conventions like that. They're soft targets. They're they're virtually impossible to provide 100% security on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the appearance and the overall feeling of security goes a long way when you're looking at the highly, highly unlikelihood of anything going wrong. So what that does is it makes the general people feel okay, but make no mistake that there were cops that were undercover there, that were roaming, that were looking for stuff. Uh, so while he has some, he has a point to a degree, uh, Phoenix, my understanding is Phoenix police stepped up and had a lot of cops out there looking for anything that did not look right.
3: That's okay. cool. That's that's fair.
1: <laughs> that's something that uh frankly That makes me
3: feel better than the does. bag checks frankly. Yeah, yeah,
1: the the idea that uh, there are undercover police um, looking for anything that looks like a real weapon that uh, that convention screeners might have missed it makes me feel it, a lot better about going to conventions in general.
2: You don't even have that's to be looking I, for I, weapons. You look for it, it, you look for behavior.
1: Mm-hmm. Behavior
2: is a huge tell over uh, whether or not you can see something that looks like a weapon.
3: Huh. I think we need more cops uh, who who are fans, <laughs> who who have <laughs> well, but who know what you know the difference between a guy playing Deadpool and a guy who thinks he's the
4: Punisher. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. That's why I feel really safe that Scooter is going to be there for me at AXA uh, when we perform this July. Mm-hmm. next month. Ooh, that's oh, coming that's coming up, coming up real it? fast. Oh, we got
3: to go. Yes,
4: a yes. uh, Anime Expo if you guys are coming uh, then I we can meet you in person.
3: <laughs> we would like to do that actually. Yay! Yay!
1: <laughs> the fact that you are as welcoming and as open as you are is is directly responsible <laughs> for saving all those lives.
3: (laughs) Well, that's it. It's it's the power of love. It's Wonder Woman. That is. That is it. That's right in a nutshell.
1: You know, uh, 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 Gail Simone, who writes for Wonder Woman, said, if you want to stop a meteor, call Superman. If you want to solve a mystery, call Batman. If you want to stop a war, you call Wonder Woman.
3: And you're here stopping the war with love. Oh, yay! (laughs) I
1: I cannot tell you
2: how... Reiko is such a pure soul. Being around her is—it's an intoxicating experience, and I don't know anybody who would disagree with me on that.
3: Oh well, we can hear it in her voice and her music, and uh, well, you know, those who come to to the uh, convention can find out in person. Anime Expo, we'll we'll put the details of uh, your pages, your music pages, your cosplay pages up on the website when uh, when the show is to air. Okay.
4: Thank you That's so it. much, and thank,
2: thank you, you Skoda, for that, and made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> As welcome. you know, I
4: always cry.
2: <laughs> she is definitely an
1: emotional conduit.
3: <laughs> Good, never lose that. Yes. I won't. I promise. All righty.
1: Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us on this week's episode of the Event Horizon. We have been talking to Scott Nix and Raiko. This has been uh, quite a delight, and I think we will close out the show if it's all right with you uh, with uh, Sumi dagawa.
4: Oh wow that's a very traditional Japanese music.
1: I think it's appropriate under the circumstances.
4: okay, good night everybody.
1: Awesome good, good night, night guys Bye, guys Listening to episode 171 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for June 2nd, 2017. Our guests this afternoon have been Reiko and Sergeant Scott Nix, one a singer, musician, and composer, the other a sergeant in the Hawthorne, California Police Department, both cosplayers, and both are heroes of Phoenix Comic-Con. See the Krypton Radio website for the rest of the story on the Phoenix Comic-Con incident and their role in saving the day. Your hosts have been Gene Turnbow and Susan Fox. This episode will air again at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon, that's Sunday, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our own website at Krypton Radio. As podcasts, Krypton Radio is listener-supported geek culture radio, and though some of our money does come from advertising, most of it comes from avid listeners just like you. If you enjoyed listening to this evening's episode of the Event Horizon here on Krypton Radio, please help us out so that we can stay on the air. Visit Patreon.com/slash/KryptonRadio and contribute whatever you can. Even five dollars a month makes an enormous difference. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by science fiction illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program contents, except obviously were produced by others, is copyright 2017 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Krypton Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.